Welcome to the Ties Are Off podcast where we discuss and help with everything property and mortgage related. I'm Dav Spear. I'm Andrew Felino. And I'm Tom Edmonds. In today's podcast, we're going to give you some area stats for Swansea. Me and Dav are going to talk about uh, preparing your house for sale. Andrew will be telling us all about uh, a very different way of getting your deposit ready for your home. And of course, we're going to finish with the tip of the week. So please make sure you listen to the end. But first, we've got our quiz. So Dav, what's the first question to the quiz? Okay. Question one is, what name is given to the tax which often must be paid to, to the government on the purchase price of a property? And question two, how old is the average first-time buyer? And question three for me, what is the minimum amount of employment proof you need to provide to a mortgage lender to get a mortgage? And what's question four? I know that's about mortgages and... Uh, that is also about mortgages. Uh, a credit file is needed when you're making your mortgage application. Is that true or false? So a credit report, you might know it as, is a credit file needed, true or false? And Davy, question five to finish off. Question five, how many property squares are there on a monopoly board? Tiny. No cheating. No cheating. So we've changed a little bit of the structure of, um, of what we're going to be doing on, a, on every podcast now, and it's introducing um, stats and figures for particular areas. We're going to start with Swansea because it's our hometown, um, but it's an opportunity for you guys to interact with us a little bit more as well on every podcast um, and, um, and find out some figures about your area. We'll link in with that a bit later on. Yeah, I'm off. looking forward to finding a bit more about different areas as well. So we're going to start off with the best average yield for rental in Swansea. Um, and we're going to do it by postcode. So SA1, so closest to the central business district, I guess, has got an 8.4% yield uh, according to propertydata.co.uk. Mm. Um, what about the best bang for your buck, Dav? So best bang for your buck in Swansea currently is in S in the postcode SA9, where the price per square footage is £135 per square footage. Right. The most expensive house on the market in Swansea at the moment is on the market for a whopping £1.899 million. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah. Uh, the most expensive house on the market in Swansea at the moment is on the market for £1,899,000. And it's a six-bedder in Langland Road on Mumbles, in Mumbles. That's a big old chunk of money. Wouldn't mind that, to be fair. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> um, well, going off that then, so we got the we got the cheapest as well. And the cheapest property at the moment is set in Manselton um, at just £4,500. And there's a reason that we know about this, isn't there? There is indeed. Andrew inquired about this house with us to see, uh, uh, to find a bit of information about mm. about it. Um, mm. But this one, you think you've got to be a bit wary of, I guess. Yes. Um, Dav, explain why. Yeah, there's only approximately, well, just over a year and a half left on the lease. Um, and we'll go into further detail on on the bits and pieces with leases and freeholds and all of that stuff on another podcast. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, you, you definitely bit of, a, bit of a tricky one. Definitely mm. wouldn't be able to get a mortgage on this property, and uh, <laughs> no mortgage on a four. And there's and a half there's, there's even more dangers. So if you are looking at uh, property leaseholds with uh, uh, really short terms left, mm. um, you've got to be really really wary of those. Um, any more facts? 
Number five. Number five. <laughs> We've got um, the average sold price over the last 12 months in Swansea um, is, according to Zoopla, £217,139. Um, so we're going to try and keep these stats the, the same sort of things, the same variables we're looking at, so they can yeah. be compared over podcasts if you're interested. If, for example, if you're looking at investing and you're out of the area, um, we're hoping these stats will give you a bit of a, a head start on, on things to look at and what areas are good uh, and how good the actual town or city is. Um, so it's something we're going to be including. And if you give us an email on... and. Yeah. Sorry, what's, what's the email? What's, what's the, the email? email? Inquiries at? <laughs> yeah, what is it? Inquiries <laughs> at the podcast.co.uk. Give us an email and we're going to pick the names out of a hat and we're going to choose them and uh, we'll look at the stats for your areas uh, in the next few podcasts. Marvellous. Um, so looking forward to find out more ourselves. Happy days, sounds good. Cheers. We've got another change to the podcast as well. Each podcast, Andrew's going to provide us with an up-to-date news story um, and... Uh, He's got one for us now, actually. Yeah. So the new story I have for you is to do with mortgage payments. So according to Quilter, uh, Quilter are saying that mortgage payments by the end of 2023 could actually decrease by 25%, which to me, especially with what we've been talking about on you know previous podcasts, is actually a bit of a shock. You know, obviously we know you know there are rumours of you know sort of spikes. But at the end of the year, to hear that things could even decrease by December um, is actually even surprising to us as mortgage advisors and maybe, you know, external oh, Great, great news for the property market. Um, yeah, bad news. I mean, obviously, we mentioned our predictions for the year. It might actually mm. soften that a little bit from yeah. what we, we said last mm. year. Obviously, we haven't got a crystal ball. Um, we gave you our predictions, which we will revisit at the end mm. uh, at the end of the year to see how right we were. Um, but this is definitely positive news and might soften that blow, I think. Yeah, really positive. Yeah. Very positive. This week's property topic. So today we wanted to give you a seller's guide to prepare yourself to put your home on the market. Yep. So if you're looking at selling now or in the future, we have put together these three-point plan to get you prepared to get your house on the market. So Tom, what's the first thing you should be looking at? Okay, so number one, you need to figure out your finances. If you've got a mortgage, dig out the paperwork, um, speak to your lender, you need to check if there are going to be any early repayment charges uh, for paying it off early or even switching to uh, a new mortgage with a new lender when you purchase your next house. Or uh, you can check if it's possible to take your mortgage across from your your property now to the new property. Uh, it's a process known as porting. Uh, I'm sure Andrew will touch on it sometime in the future. Mm. Whatever your circumstances, make sure you speak to a mortgage broker as they can guide you in the right direction and help you decide what is, is what is the best situation for you. Yeah, and also, uh, of course, don't forget the legal fees. Uh, do a little bit of research at this point uh, in how much the conveyancing process will cost. Um, you're going to need to check if the check the cost for buying and selling uh, if you're planning on buying the next home and not renting it out. Um, but you've got to build this into your finances when when you're looking at them. Mm. Of course, you're going to need to know the value of your home, which leads us on to point two. Dav, give us point two. Point two, choosing your estate agent. This is a subject we could go into tremendous detail on, <laughs> uh, but we're going to try and keep it short and sweet, and possibly in the future we may decide to do a whole uh, whole section on this. <laughs> we'll be talking about this. <laughs> um, but um, yes, yeah. So, okay. 
First, make sure you do your homework. Get recommendations from friends and family. These are always our favorite, as these are the people you trust and may have had previous experience with estate agents that they trust or maybe don't. Also, take a look at the Google reviews for the estate agents in your area. Take note of the rating, but also the number of reviews that they have. Um, other review companies are available, but I don't know if we need to say that or not. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, lots of other companies. Um, <laughs> but we find Google to be the most trustworthy. So from this research, sorry, I was just taking a sip of beer then. <laughs> from this research, um, take two or three of your favorite um, estate agents get them booked in to visit your house and, and carry out evaluation. When they come around, you're obviously gonna get a, a bit of a feel for the agent you warm to the most. Try to make your choice by discovering which agent has the most realistic price point. Uh, listen to episode one as well to find out how important the price is at the yeah. moment. It's, it's the mo most important thing in the current market. You wanna choose the one that knows the area, seems genuine and honest, uh, and, honest uh, and has the best process to market. Look at how they're displaying their other properties on the portals or on their website. Um, how good are their photos? Are they using videos? Uh, do their properties stand out above all others uh, on the portals? Um, how your property is seen is vitally important for getting people through your door. Um, finally, make sure they've the agent has got a negotiation plan. Mm. If they tick those boxes I've just mentioned, you're not gonna go far wrong. No, not at all. Um, and our final point is to prepare your home. Just need to mention to please not forget and your agent should make you aware to make sure your property has an EPC. EPC, so what's an EPC then, Dav? <laughs> uh, EPC is an energy performance certificate that ranks properties in terms of energy efficiency and is a legal requirement when selling your home. It's easy to find these by logging on to the government website and typing in your postcode. All right then, so when actually preparing your home, uh, to put it simply, all you want to be doing is you've got to tidy up, you want to make as much space as possible, so uh, get rid of the clutter, anything in open spaces. Dav, I think yeah, you'll agree. 100%. Get it tucked away. Uh, you're also uh, going to want to be uh, getting the little snags sorted out, if you have any. Um, we try to point these out, um, and you want to get rid of them, try and fix them up, and try and get it clean and tidy. 100%. First impressions count. Give your buyer every opportunity to write their own positive story about your property after they leave your home and whilst they're walking around it as well. So there you go. Um, there's our three-point plan about bringing the property mar to market. Uh, there should be enough there to get you started uh, and give you a little more confidence when selling your home. So you've got number one, figure out your finances. Two, choose your agent. Uh, and number three, prepare your home for the actual sale. Um, of course, you've got the next steps. You've got viewings, you've got the offers, then the negotiation, the sales progression through to completion. There's a lot more steps to it, but if you choose the right agent, like you've gone through in strategy in the strategy for point two, when that comes around, they'll explain that uh, when they're doing it and they'll have the uh, process in themselves. Definitely. So if you're looking at selling now, good luck. And if you want any advice at all, please feel free to drop us an email. And what's the email, Ant? Uh, I'm glad you finished, by the way, because, geez, on the other podcast, I had all that for the mortgages, but bloody hell, it's been on forever, eh? So, uh, yeah, it's inquiries <laughs> at uh, thetizeroffpodcast.co.uk. So that's uh, inquiries at thetizeroffpodcast.co.uk. Mortgages! So, yeah, my topic this week is actually to do with a case that I've got ongoing with myself at the moment. 
So I've had a case that's booked in this week and it's quite unfortunately a bit of a, a familiar event and that's where people book in, they've got a parent that has got a property or they've had a property for years and for one reason or the other they just want to give that property to their children. You know it doesn't have to be parents, it can actually just be people, you know, depending on the lender. It can just be the person who's discounting their property price. And basically this is called concessionary purchase. So concessionary purchase is a form of gifted equity um, and with gifted equity. So that money, the, the gifted equity, is what acts as the concessionary purchase deposit. So can it be anyone? Uh, to be honest with you, it, it does depend. Uh, you know, you will have cases with certain lenders where on their specific uh, lending criteria, it will say whether it can be you know, a father, a mother, brother or a sister. In some cases, cousin, you know, it's more common for it to be a family member, um, but you will see cases where they'll accept some other external sources. And it will just depend on, you know, the whole kind of scenario, if they're willing to accept the fact that discount <laughs> Um, will so actually cover. How far do those external sources extend then? So yeah, to be honest with you, like I said, it, it does depend on the lender. So some lenders are super flexible in these scenarios. It's very rare, but you might get it where the lender accepts a friend. You know, it's very rare, and you'd still have to look specifically into that lender's uh, criteria via an external sourcer again, or you know, a general mortgage sourcer or criteria hub or something like that because a lot of mortgage brokers like modern day mortgage brokers like myself we do use um clever little systems that you can just put that criteria in and you'll get answers like this um and you know it, it is a bit of a a sad one in some ways because people have spent years saving that money up um you know some people have already built years of saving an actual savings pot up and then suddenly you know they get to the point where they go oh hang on you know what you can you're telling me that my parents if they discount that price of or, you know they discount the purchase price the money can act as a deposit and the person's just you know they, they can't believe it it's almost unbelievable it's a catch rate too really yeah, um, it it's a bit of a bonus as well as they've sort of wasted that time but yeah. that's what we're here for nobody else has to waste their time yes exactly the not waste your time police um <laughs> yeah and um you know we have had these cases before, you know, too many times in my opinion, because I'm happy when they come in, but I'm also unhappy to hear that this person didn't really know this was available as quick as they did. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it makes my job, I really, you know, it does make my day when I hear this because you suddenly hear them saying, oh my God, like, this is my deposit. That means I can spend this money on doing the house up instead. Um, you know, I've had cases where their, their father was a buy-to-let owner. You know, he's had multiple properties and he said, look, I'll give you this property at a lower price. They've already prepped their deposit. You know, they've got five, six grand saved for a small deposit or in some cases, 10, 15 grand. And then, th you know, they've suddenly seen that that deposit's not needed. You can spend it on furniture, you can spend it on anything. You know, you don't have to spend it at all. But the main thing is the deposit is the discount. So whatever the purchase price is, for example, if you've got a hundred grand house and the father says, or mother or grandparent, they say you want to sell it for 80 grand. That 20 grand difference is your deposit. So your 20 pound, your 20 pound, your 20 grand <laughs> deposit is coming from the discounted amount between 100 and 80,000. So because he's knocked it or she's knocked it, you know, 
they have knocked it um, from 100 to 80 that acts as your deposit and you know I've had cases where it's been the grandparent and specifically I'm sure if they're watching um, they'll know this case where their grandparent was saying that they wanted to move out the area because the area was a bit too quiet for them they said look if you're struggling to buy a property just have my property it was during COVID they said I'll take 30 grand off the property that person was then told by me <laughs> um, that 30 grand would act as their deposit because it's been discounted off the purchase price. And again, because we're impartial, I'm not saying that I'm the knight in shining armor. There's been many other brokers um, that have probably done this, but it's just important. It's so important that you as you know, the British public, Wales, England, you know, some parts of Scotland if they listen, uh, Northern Ireland. Um, but there's a few the, other countries out there as well. There's like. a few other countries out there. Australia, if you want to go to a completely different market. But uh, yeah, the main thing to know is that you should know the discount basically is the deposit. So concessionary purchase, the discount off the purchase price is the deposit. So, so with this then, yeah. I find this really interesting. Can they use this as well as a deposit? So you can use it as well as a deposit, and with some lenders, it is also important to know, with some lenders, it is their policy that you still need to give a little bit of a deposit. However, um, with a lot of lenders, you don't need any deposit of your own funds. No, no own funds, as we say, um, is, not, is needed with most lenders, but there are lenders that require it, and also on top of that, if you want to bring your monthly payments down, you know, pay a bit more off, you know, add, add a little bit more, because don't forget that's, that's um, sort of providing an overall better sort of loan to value. Um, so your loan to value is always going to be better if you did it like that anyway. And remember, loan to value is basically what deposit or equity you have in the property. Um, so yeah, it's a good idea. You are my knight in shining armor, by the way, and yeah, can you oh. say that a bit louder, Tom? <laughs> Don't know about you, Tom, but I found that really, really fascinating. I thought something I knew a lot about, so I absolutely loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, and you're talk, welcome. We'd be you're welcome. We'd be talking more about that. We're not taking <laughs> the piss out of you anymore. I know. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, okay, so that's it. Time for the quiz answers. the question number one I, I remember what it was what name is given to the tax which often must be paid to the government on purchase of the property and the answer is stamp duty so there's a uh, threshold to this as well in England it's 250,000 pounds and in Wales it's 225,000 pounds yeah we also in Wales we actually call it land transaction tax we as well land which not everyone knows not that it matters but it's uh, LTT for us it is indeed most quiz answer to number two how old is the average first time buyer go on Dav I was miles off on this I was miles off and what is it? Uh, it's 32.1 as an average in the whole of the UK, apart from London, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, London, obviously, it's a bit more expensive there, as you can imagine, and as you know, uh, and it's only just a bit higher. I was actually surprised at how close it was. Yeah. So it's 33.8 uh, in, in London. You know what, that doesn't surprise me as well, you know, from the mortgage side. You know, you can see that that's more and more apparent now with, uh, you know, obviously cost of living, you know, people building their, their money up. It's, it's a bit younger than I thought, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Andrew, I can't remember your questions. What were they? 
I've got the fun ones. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my question was obviously, what is the minimum income proof you need to get a mortgage? And actually the answer is a bit of a trick question because the real answer is there's no set answer. Um, it will depend on lender. Some lenders even say that you have no income proof or just a contract to say that you're about to start a new job if you've worked within the same industry. It's very uncommon for them to do it with different industries or industries or temporary contracts. That's very unlikely. But if you're a teacher, um, like our sound man, um, or if you're you know, an accountant or just anything, if you work in a steelworks, but you're going to another steelworks job, if you've got a contract that says that you're going into that new job and that contract is pretty much exactly the same thing you've done before, a lot of lenders will take that on. Um, and in the worst case, you know, if you get one pay slip, believe it or not, some lenders will even uh, give you what they call a day one mortgage um, or day one mortgage employment, um, which is quite common. Um, but yeah, that's number three. <laughs> so number four, a credit file is mandatory for all mortgage applications, true or false? And the answer is it's false because it will depend on policies of that broker that you go to. Um, generally speaking, it's bad policy if you don't get a credit report because at the end of the day, you could be missing key information, you know, CCJs, um, electoral roll information, address history, all of that can be quite useful on a credit report. Um, but in reality, um, it will depend on the broker you go to. Some brokers actually have credit reports built in, um, but some brokers do require you to get like a check my file, Experian, Equifax credit report. Lenders? And brokers. brokers. Okay. Did I say okay. lenders? <laughs> no, it's the brokers. <laughs> oh, no, brokers. It will depend on yeah, the Yeah, okay, cool. Because, you know, don't forget, if you go to a lender directly, you know, I will say that as well, lenders, if you go direct to a lender, it will depend on the lender as well. But um, if you go to a broker, um, then a broker's policy could be that you have a credit report and then another broker's could be that we've got one built in um, and a lender specifically. A lot of the time, deal directly with Equifax, you know, Experian, or I honestly thought, I don't know about you, but I honestly thought it was mandatory. Mm. I just had a It's mandatory per who you go to. Yeah, fair enough. Generally speaking, it's bad practice if you don't, though. Well, thank <clears> you. <throat> go on, Tommy, what's the uh, answer to uh, the last one? The question, how many property spaces are there on the property board, yeah? That was the question, correct. I think there's 22. Hmm. I think it is 36, just for fun. That's oh, ridiculous, mate. <laughs> yeah. Tom's well, Tom was right. It's 22. 22, 22 uh, property spaces on a Monopoly board. 12 on one corner. I just like the, the number of 36, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I like number 44. Mm. Less about a so, tip of the week this week, we've actually got a bit of material for you. We've put together a series of questions. When you're sitting down and you're interviewing your estate agent, there's a list of questions to ask them. They are pucka. And you can actually access that in the show notes. There'll be a little uh, link to the PDF file. I'm sure, Andrew, you'll be able to sort that, won't you? I should, I think. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm just glad... Dav just said pucker. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything now he said that. Uh, Perfect. Check the show notes for the PDF um, and you definitely should download that because these are important questions to ask the estate agent when they come 100%. Back. Pucker. 
so if you've got any questions for us, whether it's mortgage or property, the email is inquiries at the uk. And these lads next to me also want to make sure that the area stats, we want to make sure that you get um, an email in uh, in regards to what area you're living in or you know you might want us to give stats on in terms of property next time. So finally, um, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you follow us on any of the pages. Um, like, comment, do everything you can to support us. And thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time. See ya.